Blog Talk Radio. To the press box and the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine, and it's a special Friday episode of the tailgate crew. 
it's rivalry is like it's rivalry weekend, and things can be won and lost here. So many big games here today. So many big games tomorrow. We'll talk about tomorrow's game tomorrow. We'll talk about today's games today. Also, we got quarterfinal action in Georgia, high school football, semifinal action in in Alabama. We're down to the six to the to the best sixteen in the state in in Texas. I mean, there's so much football to be talked about in the next in the next two hours. But first off, we're gonna gonna get started with what we do every every Saturday and every, and every time we get on the show, and that's the daily devotion. So uh, this is actually a good one. So you uh, might want to take heed and listen to this one. Uh, this one comes from Ephesians one. One, one through eight uh, goes like this. Paul, an apostle of Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from our Father and our Lord and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spit with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places of Christ. Just as he chose in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of his, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed, bestowed on us, in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. So would you take it would you take it for you would it take what would it take for you to consider yourself rich? Would it require a healthy bank account, a fancy new car in the garage? the freedom to go online, click a few buttons and have anything you want delivered to your right to your door. You may not be so bold as to answer yes to the above questions, but does your life reflect this kind of attitude? Sadly, many believers are completely overtaken by the world's standard of standard of riches and define wealth by how much they possess. This happens whether one is wealthy or not. For the well-off, the temptation to see money as the defining characteristic of their lives. For the poor, money becomes the be-all, end-all goal of comfort and satisfaction. You see, greed has no respecter of persons. It attacks rich and poor alike. What many believers fail to realize is that in Jesus Christ we are all rich. Sure, you may have a mortgage or rent due each month, a car payment, and credit card bills. However, if you place yourself and you place your faith in Jesus, you can boldly acknowledge that that Almighty God has already poured His richest blessings upon you. Hallelujah. Ephesians one and three says says that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Did you notice the tense of the verb there? The past tense has blessed is used. Many it's already happened. And he does not give just a little bit here and there. 
Rather, he lavishly pours out his blessings on us. Look beyond your finances today and prayerfully list all the blessings in your life. So, let's look at this. It's Black Friday where everybody's out doing what they do. Everybody's having fun, doing, you know, shopping around for the best possible deals and all this good stuff. But have you really put any thought into what could be, what should be? Is your happiness based on what you have or is your happiness based on what you have in your life? Let me rephrase. Is happiness what you can buy or is happiness what you already have in your life? See, before this, I was this same person. I was this person. But now that I'm realizing and now that I'm I'm older. Seems like none of the material things really matter to me anymore. Yet, to others, they haven't seen the light yet. But be sure that when you do good for others, blessed assurance will become good on you. Just a little food for thought. But we're going to take a quick break. We're gonna get a little, we're gonna get this thing rolling and we'll be right back.
on my praise. I be 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 on my praise. To the press box and the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. So let's just jump right into it. We got a lot of things going on today. A lot of games that are not only play have playoff implications in them, but also have bowl of six written all over them. And some of the early games today have those implications in. You know, we'll start right off. We'll just start right off in it. You know, in the American, you know, you got you got two big games, one from the American, one from the MAC, that start at at noon. Um, number sixteen Navy and number twenty one Houston. This will go a long way to seeing what team can jump into that into that that. Um, into the group of five, those group of five teams that will join the Power Five conferences in the bowl of, in, in those in those six bowl games, the New Year's Six. Navy is number sixteen, and Houston twenty one with one loss. Um, Keenan Reynolds, who to me is a as a Heisman Trophy candidate, legit Heisman Trophy candidate. I think anywhere else he probably would be the leading Heisman Heisman candidate right now because of the body of work that he's put together in the last four years at Navy. If you like I said, if he was anywhere else, I probably I probably would put him in my top my top three. Actually I have him actually I have him five. I have him behind Derrick Henry and, and Christian McCaffrey. But um you know, with Leonard Fournette falling off the way that he has, Trevon Boykin, you know, the bad game he had at, at Oklahoma State, and then the subsequent injury, uh, that kind of hurt him a lot too. So, you know, I would put Kenny Reynolds in, in that in that discussion. he got a great defense. I mean, great defense. And it's a Navy team that, I mean, they're 9-1. And they're going into battle next week in two weeks with with Army with a lot on the line, whether it be a New Year's Six game or whether it be 
you know, just a pride game between those two teams, and that team, that game's always big. But for Houston, it's a it's a way to get back into international prevalence again, and to get themselves jump started, not only for next season but for the season after. And this also has confidence confidence implications. Also, I mean, Houston uh, wins here; they go to the they go to the first ever AAC championship game. Um, Navy wins. I mean, you know, this solidifies them as possibly um, that group of five, that that team from the group of five uh, or independent that could get into the play, that can get into either the New Year's Six or, dare I say, or, you know, the New Year's Six definitely, or dare I say even even further. But, you know, that's yet to be seen. Um you know, I really like Houston in this game. I love the quarterback there, um, whose name escapes me right now. But I love the running back there. Strong defense. Tony Levine and his staff over there at Houston has just put together something special and, and something that they can be proud of, something that they haven't had since Case Keenum left there a few years ago. And this is this is a, a good, good matchup. You know, the triple option versus the wide open spread offense of Houston. It's like old school, new school clashing together, and we're gonna see who can make who can make the best music. This is basically what this matchup is all about. Um Kim Montanolo Montanolo and that group and that group of coaches at, at Navy, they've just been putting it together. They've been putting it down for the last nine, almost 10 years now. And I'm so impressed by what they've got put together now. Uh, I can see Navy winning this game. I can also see Houston winning this game. But I like Navy's defense a little bit better than I do Houston's defense. Even though Houston has great secondary help, they have a great front seven. I just think that that Navy, because they're so ball controlled and they can control the clock with the triple option that option that Navy will have will dictate the game, will dictate the pace, and it may drag it out to a two and a half, three hour game. Whereas if Houston if Houston takes the takes the game by the scruff of the neck, Navy's gonna have to come out of their out of their shell and have to throw the ball a little bit. And that's not a bad thing either because Kenny Riddles can throw the ball as well. But you really don't want him throwing the ball because of what he can do on his feet. So I actually like Navy in this game. I actually think this game is going to be closer than everybody anticipates it will be. I actually think it'll be a field goal game. I'm actually going with Navy on this game in this game instead of the home team simply because you have a little bit more better defense you have a you have a experienced quarterback, whereas Houston has a not quite experienced, not quite a seasoned college quarterback. Um, so I'll take Navy in this one. You know the other game that everybody that everybody's talking about um, 
in terms of big big implications, uh, especially in the in the in the Mac in the Mac West. Um Ohio and Toledo, um well Ohio won this past weekend. Um you know, they won um earlier this week uh over northern Illinois. So Ohio Ohio's win uh, you know, coupled with the Toledo's loss means that um uh, that Ohio would get into the into the match championship game. Well, they'll play each other again. Now, in this matchup, you have a you have a really young, really good, really competitive Western Michigan team, and you have a good good Toledo team that is basically looking to climb that ladder and be that top group of five school. It, like again, again, this is just like Navy and Houston, where Toledo and Western Michigan, Western Michigan is already bowl eligible. They're just playing to see where they can go. Um, a lot of a lot of bowl, a lot of experts think that Western Michigan will probably end up playing in the Independence Bowl, um, maybe even play in the in the uh, in the GMAC Bowl. Um, or the Mob- or whatever that bowl game is in Mobile. Now, um so this will go a long way for Western Michigan to for a bowl game, but this is actually more important to Toledo than it is to Western Michigan. We all we all know that Western Michigan is going to a bowl game, just don't know where yet. Whether they play they they have a number of different places they can play at. But for Toledo, this could Jumpstart them to something very, very big, and the reason why I say that is because if Toledo puts together a well enough game, get some glamour points, or or however you want to put it, and they win this game big, and the Navy Houston game. Turns out to be one of those slugfests. This could propel Toledo over the top of both of those teams. I don't know if they'll go as far high as as Navy, uh, but I think that they'll put themselves up in that in that race. I love what Toledo has. You know, they're they're a team that imposes their will on any and everybody. Um, that one loss was was a big loss, and you know it was an upset loss. So uh, there's there's a lot of things that can happen there. Western Michigan PJ Fleck, PJ Fleck has brought in this this enthusiasm that you haven't seen since Bill Cubitt left. You haven't seen a passion for a Western Michigan football team in forever. Um PJ Fleck, you know, he's a Mac guy. He played he played football at, at Northern Illinois. He brings in different a different philosophy. I guess because he's so much he's like one of the youngest coaches in in all of college football, um, at thirty five years old. 
So he he brings in something a little different, and what he bring what he brings to the table right now is he just brings this 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 level of of intensity, self belief, and self confidence that nobody nobody has seen, as evidenced by the first game of the season when they when they played Western Michigan at home. This when they played Michigan State at home. I'm sorry. And you saw that no quit attitude, and it's been that way the entire season. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Western Michigan puts up a fight and actually upsets Toledo. But I think Toledo, in their talent that they have, quarterback, running back, defensively, offensively, I think that Toledo has the edge in this game. And I actually think Toledo can win this game and win this game comfortably. But. Keep in mind, they did give up a lot of rushing yards um, a couple weeks ago, and that's been their Achilles heel all year. But they don't give up many yards passing, so and maybe that was just an abomination. So for for me, maybe that was just an abomination. But um, I like Toledo not because they're the home team. I like Toledo because they got the better talent. Um, so I mean I like Toledo and I like Toledo by two touchdowns in this game. This is just one of those games that you just can't. It's not it's not a true rivalry game. It's not it's not Toledo Bowling Green. It's not Western Central. It's just a good solid game that's been played a lot over the past few years because they're in the same conference. So. I, I like I like Toledo in this game. I like to do about two touchdowns. Um, and let's move forward. You know, you got the Apple Cup, you got the Legends Trophy, you got the Civil War, Baylor TCU, um, Kenton Akron um, today. I mean, Missouri Arkansas in the Border War, uh, Tulsa Tulane in. In their annual war, in their annual rivalry game, I mean, so many different, so many different games. Miami can finally put their season to rest, even though they'll, even though they'll make a bowl game. Um, huh, wow. Um, they play Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh put together a solid season um, under first-year head coach. Um, you know, losing their running back early in the year. To a, to a knee injury, and that defense there at Pittsburgh is just solid. And you know Miami can put this season this this season away on a positive note if they win. You know this gives them eight wins. You know doesn't make the Al Golden era go away that much quicker but it makes it it makes it land on on a softer surface if if I may say <laughs> if if you can if you can say that um when you when you put it in, in that in that circumstance you know the interim coaches there a lot of these coaches are auditioning for other jobs because they're not going to be there much longer. And I think that 
you know, for Pittsburgh, this is this is a jump start and a catalyst to next season. They have a, I mean, they're they're a young group, they're a younger group, but they're not as senior laden as other as other schools are. They do they do have a lot of a lot of guys coming back. They do lose a couple of key pieces um, on the offensive side of the ball, but but all in all, this Pittsburgh team will be back intact next year. You know, and this is a Pittsburgh team that wants a ten win season. What Pittsburgh teams gonna come out is is the better is the better question. And that's the same question that Miami that Miami is asking right now. You know, what Miami's team is gonna show up. So the one thing about this matchup that I like as opposed to any other matchup is that you have both teams going in pretty much the same direction, except they're going in the opposite. They're going the opposite way. Um, whereas you have Miami on a downward slope and then slowly keeping itself back up, you have Pittsburgh going up and possibly surprising a lot of people. You know, kind of like Duke, kind of like Duke in a way. It kind of the way Duke has done in the last few years. Kind of the way that. Um, North Carolina's done this year, um, surprising everybody with one loss. So, you know, the a- ACC is improving, but Miami stands status quo. Pittsburgh starting to get their feet in the ACC for the first time, and I think that you know the Hinesfield crowd is going to be rocking and and things of that nature. I actually like the home team in this game. Um, they've got they've got better. I mean, they're, they're just to me the quality of players that that Pittsburgh has, as opposed to Miami, is just is just is is night and day. I think Miami has Miami is living on their past, and I think they have to get away from that. Um, I think. Pittsburgh is is looking to rekindle some of the past that they've had and make it their own. And I think that's what that coaching staff is doing at, at Pittsburgh now. Um you know I, I just like I like Pittsburgh in this game because of the talent that they have. They they have great receivers. Have they have a backup running back who's going to go over a thousand yards? Um, they're very balanced offensively. They they can stop the run. They can they can stop and run defensively. They won't give up many points offensively. They won't give up many points defensively. Um, even though they have gotten into shootouts uh, here and there and here here and there this season, but. This is a team on the rise, and I, I, I like Pittsburgh in this game. I think they go nine and three. I think the bowl game that they go to is a New Year's Bowl, uh, possibly the Gator Bowl. So I mean, it's just going to be a lot of fun to see what Pittsburgh is going to be able to do today. Like Pittsburgh in this game, I actually like Pittsburgh by a touchdown um, over Miami. Miami Miami has a no no quit attitude. Um, so I mean. 
<clears throat> maybe they'll prove maybe they'll prove me wrong, but um, who knows? I, I just don't I don't see Miami being that Miami team. Uh, they're Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they're they're the, probably the worst version of Jekyll and Hyde I've seen all season. Um, but like I said, it's yet to be seen. Um, you know, we we move on and and an interesting an interesting matchup to me um, is is the Apple Cup. Um, Chris Peterson left the left a gravy job. At at Boise, um, he left there ninety two and twelve, uh, six six conference championships in eight years, um, two three Fiesta Bowl wins, two Fiesta Bowl wins. You know, at one point in four in a four year stretch, he uh, he went fifty and three. Fifty and three at one point at Boise. Now that he's at he's at Washington, he's starting to see a lot of things differently. I think it's because he's in a Power Five conference. You know, it's his second year there, and then this year he was just dealt a real bad blow uh, with Solar Miles having to give up football because of because of a hip condition, a degenerative hip. Um, that will probably have to be replaced in the next, um, from what he says on his Twitter feeds and everything, is that he may have to have a hip replacement. So um, my thoughts and prayers go out to Solomon Miles. And, you know, he's a great quarterback from the state of Colorado as well. They're playing a true freshman quarterback. Um, and not only is he a true freshman, but the offensive line is young, the – Stephen Cole is young. <clears throat> um, you know, running backs young. I mean, he's played a lot of true freshmen this year. Not only due to due to injury and, and everything and you know, and yet they fought and caught their way to to near five hundred. And you know, I love the fight that Washington has. I mean, they've had fight the, the entire season. They've had some signature wins along the way. Um, they've had some solid defensive efforts along the way, you know, throughout the season. Um, and Washington State, I mean, Luke Falk and the receiving core, the running back there, I mean, Mike Leach may have a thousand yard rusher for the first time in about fifteen years since he was at Texas Tech. Uh, he had one one thousand yard rusher his whole time at Texas Tech, and now that he's he's on the cusp of having another thousand yard rusher, you know they lead the nation in passing yard in passing yards per game. I mean, number of attempts per game. I mean, they're just. This is the Washington State team that is finally catching on to what to what Mike Leach has to do, and it start it's going to look good. I, I think the Apple Cup will go home with Washington State. Um, 
I think they I think they just, they've got better they've got they've got more confidence. Um I don't know if the talent's that much better, but the defense sure is better than, than the defense for Washington. Um you put it together, Washington can't really stop the stop the pass and that's what Washington State does, they throw it all over the park. So I like Washington State in this game, but don't be surprised if Washington pulls out the stop, pulls out some stops and everything, because this is a really young, really stout defense uh, for Washington. They just give up a lot of points when they don't have to give up points. So, um, I like, like I said, I like Washington State in this game um, because of the talent that they have offensively, but they also have talent defensively as well. I mean, as a you know, if you look at what they've done to schools like to Oregon, what they did to Oregon, what they did to um, UCLA, what they've done, what they've done, pretty much the entire season to to some of these schools in their signature wins. So, um, like I said I like Washington in this game. I like Washington State in this game. Um, this is going to be a close game as well. I think that Washington will win by will win by a touchdown. But if they get the stops that they that they have to get, this could this is stretch out to be even more than just a touchdown. Just a touchdown game. This this could be two, three. This could get ugly. So um but robbery game, Apple Cup, just you know, you just don't know. But on that note, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're gonna talk some we're gonna preview some some high school football tonight, semifinals in Alabama, quarterfinals in Georgia. Um, we're just gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna jump back into into this into this the into this uh, conversation. We're also gonna talk about the Les Miles situation at at um, LSU as well. So, let's take a quick station break. We'll be right back. Oh yeah, we out here. Oh yeah. One mile, one mile. One mile, one mile. Get 'em up, up. Oh yeah, CMG, 2 AM crew was good. Ben Nation, I see y'all. New York, we out here doing our thing. It just don't stop, right? Not for us. Uh. Everything I've been chasing after Me and Kyle hit the sky like we was falling backwards Went from killing time and climbing down the ladder To coming up with that real, that's my natural hazard Word, we those young men with those sharp minds Going all in, it's no part time And we taking that cause it's our time Same drive with that new gas And that's old school, just new class Cameras out like newsflash And we hit the sky with that new cash 
Words. And I've been running for days Ever since I broke up out of the cage Been up in the way like par fives We drive them insane And I leave no trace on the place I fade away till I made a way clean Got the whole world on the case But no matter what you won't stop my team I'm moving through the city Busy riding deep Getting stronger by the day They weaker by the week Competition gets outworked, so it works out fine And every single minute we in it, we break limits from 10 miles out You can see us shine, we're good Perfection, trying to manifest these blessings Told them live it to the max So I ain't never feeling less than Then these haters trying to question Will he make it? Is he destined? I told you I'm the truth A living walking confession I ain't lying, I ain't boasting I'm just striving, I'm just hoping That I'll find an opportunity And that a door will open So I never pay attention When they tell me that I'm chosen Cause I know I'm far from famous Even though they know I'm blowing up Took a while, but they know it's cow when I'm rolling up people doubt always ask me how but I'm sure enough that I'll be the greatest that my town has ever seen be the one to pick them up when they're down like a towing truck working yeah I'm working put my team on that's for certain I swear that's the naked truth tied in behind those shower curtains I managed to keep it clean making music without cursing now I'm entering the system watch me do it like a surgeon that's for certain Welcome back to the Press Boss and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thank you for being a part of the show. And, you know, before we go any further, before we even start talking about uh, high school football, there's one thing that, that really just started irking me during the week. And, um, you know, that's the fact that, um, you know, Les Miles is, is under the gun um, at LSU. Um I don't I don't understand what what make a booster wanna buy out a coach who's a one ten and thirty five and this is now his eleventh year there. You know, I can see if he was there eleven years and he started and he was like 
67 and and 77 or 67 79 similar to what Dan McCartney was at Iowa State before he left I I, I don't understand what what possessed you to want to get rid of a coach like that let me let me put it in layman's terms like this be careful what you wish for LSU LSU boosters because when you got rid of Curly Hallman after a great year and then he went five and six the next year, you brought in Jerry Donato. Jerry Donato at that point, before you fired him, the year that you fired him, he went one and ten. Then you bring in Nick Saban and then everything back up and back up and hunky dory or whatever. You got lucky with Les Miles because Les Miles wasn't going to leave Oklahoma State. But the lure of LSU coaching in the SEC got him here. To think that he actually turned down the Michigan job, the Michigan job to stay here at LSU, that tells you everything you need to know about this guy. This guy is loyal. This guy will bring you to the promised land. And I'm gonna bring in my man T Rex here, and I want him. I, I, I need for you to interject on this as well. The whole Les Miles situation for me is just a farce. What do you think? I agree, man. Because um, you know, ever since Saban left and, and Les Miles took over the program, he kind of kept the program at a high level. Uh, I know I can understand his critics as well. He's not developing the offense. Uh, he's kind of predictable with the trick plays and, you know, the quarterback that come through there, he hasn't really properly developed to be a uh, NFL-ready quarterback other than Zach Mittenberger. But, you know, he had transferred from Georgia to LSU. Oh, exactly. Other than him, other than him, the quarterback play has been kind of mediocre. But as far and as the defense. the same way for, what, six, seven years now since Matt Moss yeah. left? Yes. I mean, and then you so, know, Matt Ball wasn't, wasn't, wasn't even that that good himself. He, but he was able to. He was a good game manager. Kind of, you know, you know, we, we could look at Alabama as a prototype with them having those game manager type quarterbacks that they good enough to to lead a program and and not right. um have, have so many mistakes. That's the same thing Les Miles was having there. But you know, they have. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, as far as Les Miles been there, I think they have overachieved for what that program is. You know, he did get a national championship with two losses uh, back in 07. But mm-hmm. now everybody want to ridicule him just because they had, you know, that three-game losing streak or whatever going on with uh, Brandon Harris at the quarterback and, you know, Fournette was the, the all-Heisman-type player. But it's not all on Les Miles, you know. Maybe he might he might need to shake up his his coordinators or something like that because he always had a very good defense. And mm-hmm. you know LSU is known as cornerback you. You they haven't had so many good cornerbacks for that program, and I just right. don't know who they're gonna find to replace Les Miles unless they're gonna upgrade to someone like Jumbo Fisher or somebody. But if they ain't gonna bring in some some coach like that, then why, who you gonna bring in? Who's going to exactly. be better than Les Miles in terms of recruiting? Exactly. And I definitely agree. And 
you know, and it all goes back to like I said, when when they got rid of Curly Holman, they brought in Jerry Donato and he goes two and nine, one and ten. You get rid of him. You know, Les Miles wasn't gonna come there. I mean, I'm sorry, Nick Saban wasn't gonna leave Michigan State until you threw a bone at him and he took it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that lure of being in the NFL took him away. You bring in Les Miles, who wasn't going to leave Oklahoma State, but the lure of coaching the SEC brought him to you. And here he is, four years, just four years ago, when the whole Michigan situation came about, he makes an announcement and says, I am the LSU head coach. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I have to why I have to defend myself being the LSU coach because I'm not taking this job. He actually showed his loyalty to you. But you repay him in this way? I mean, this is not a good – it's not a good look for LSU. It's not a good look for those boosters at all. Right. And they they just caught up with the hype. You know, Alabama going to be the, be the standard, and we know that. Even you know us being Auburn fans, we, we see that in the state how how big uh, Saban is is was with um, recruiting and everything. But LSU has a very good solid program. They are always competing for the SEC West championship and and always getting in good high tier bowls. So I don't know what direction they want to go in. Are they going to bring in a offensive type head coach, or are they going to try to find someone that's that's good at recruiting? Because in my eyes, Les Miles is a real deal, and he is a great recruiter and coach. I know he gets kind of you know vanilla on on, on his play calling and how he runs the program, but I don't think it's always on. It's not always on the head coach. Sometimes you yeah. got to hold those players accountable too, and also your other, your other coordinators and help developing those those student athletes. You know, when you know he lost the defensive coordinator this past year, and he brought in Kevin Steele, who is the former Alabama defensive coordinator. He lost John Chavis to Texas A&M. So, I mean, that was a bit of a shakeup there. And then now here now here in the, in the last few weeks, he's lost – he's had five verbal commits decommit from him, one being a five-star quarterback, an Elite 11 quarterback, and Felipe Franks, who – is has visited Florida on back-to-back weeks. Um, who will be at the Florida Florida State game tomorrow? He's a he's a December graduate. He said he's going to enroll at the school that he commits to in January. Whether he goes to LSU or whether he doesn't go to LSU is been is is up there. But you lose. A major league talent like that, a guy who was going to come in and probably be anointed your starter. And now you lose him, you lose a cornerback who has decommitted and committed to Texas. And you have another player who's decommitted and has said publicly that he's looking at Alabama, Georgia, or Auburn. 
from the state of Louisiana and actually goes to University High School in Baton Rouge. So you're losing some big key components of your recruiting of your recruiting um shell. Does that make him even even that much of a hotter on the hot seat? Or is that just because kids are just you know showing their options, wanting to look at options? I mean, I I don't know. Yeah, I just don't get it. I just I really just don't get it. And then like in the recruiting trail, they're in the top ten. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what, what, what you know, the boosters the boosters should I, you know, they I know they donate money to schools and everything, but they don't need to have the influence on on any program at that school. Let the dude coach without all the politics and stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody, everybody gonna experience a three game losing streak at some part of their career. But it don't mean you gotta fire the dude. Exactly. Exactly. You know you know, we we can go on and on about this and about that situation. You also go on and on about the Mark Ritt situation at at Georgia. Whether he'll be there next year or not be there next year. You know, the buyout for for Mark Rick is, is like fifteen million dollars like it is for, for Les Miles. You know, mm-hmm. and they're talking about Les Miles out as early as Monday. So I mean yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't know. Well, you know we've been hearing that Mark Rick chatter for a long time. Uh they always underachieving. I, I do agree Maybe they might need a new face, but at the same time, Mark Rick is a a, a good coach and a, a great role model to those student-athletes there. And I think the game against Georgia Tech is going to be a must-win for him, even though I, I feel like he will be back next season. But I, they cannot lose to Georgia Tech tomorrow. If they lose to Georgia Tech tomorrow, then you're going to hear all the, the hoopla again about getting him out of there. So mm-hmm. they got to come in there and, and play to their potential tomorrow. They get the win against Georgia Tech, and then they might can get in a New Year's Six Bowl or a very high-tier bowl tomorrow. I, I would agree. Uh, they'll be 9-3. and three, And, you know, they fell short of expectations, of course. Uh, they was go projected to win the SEC East and compete for the, the SEC Championship and a possible spot in the playoffs. But I know they underachieved on that, but – as far as that program, that program to me is still strong. You know, they lost Chubb, and it, it kind of set them back. If they want to have lost mm-hmm. Chubb, I think they would probably at least have one loss going into the Georgia yeah, Tech exactly. game. But because they lost such such a great player, they, it just set them back a little bit. But I, it, you can't blame it on Mark Rick. Cause injury is gonna happen. Right. Again, I would I would give him another year. <laughs> I know we say this all the time about Mark Rick because he, he always finds some way to win the games he's supposed to win when it when it, it's time for him to go. So tomorrow yeah. will be a must win game. Oh for yeah, Georgia. definitely. You know, I think it's a must win game for. I mean, that game tomorrow is a must win game for for Georgia Tech as well. I think it's a must win game for for Bobby Johnson and and his survival at. At Georgia Tech, even though you know a lot of people say that you know the Florida State win is is a signature win, they haven't done much with it. You no, know, built any success around it. 
So, you know, this may be a big this may be a big game for for the Georgia Tech faithful as well. Yeah, I agree because you know, they won the, the Orange Bowl last year or last season, and then they, they were coming in with big expectations. I was actually thinking they were going to be a top ten program this year because what did the style of offense they run? It ain't too many uh-huh. schools that that runs that offense other than the service academies. So You're I right. thought they had that competitive, competitive advantage in the ACC, and then plus they have some good athletes that can run that system. But yeah, they they are very very underachieving teams this year. And 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 Coach Johnson, I I think he might get another year, but I, I haven't really heard any chatter uh-huh. about him doing his job, but. Next year will I mean, be very key. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a very key, very key season in the ACC next year. I mean, you know Louisville's gonna be on the rise. You know, uh, Virginia's Virginia's probably gonna be back if they if they hold on to the coaches they have right now. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of coaches on the hot seat in the ACC. You know, I've heard some names come up. Um, in the Virginia Tech um, deal, Kirby Smart is very interested in the job, um, but they're also thinking of going just internal and hiring Bud Foster, who's their longtime defensive coordinator, you know, to keep that train rolling. But I, I, I would think that Virginia Tech would go outside the box, and I think they would probably interview guys like Lane Kiffin. Uh, Justin Fuente, who is the head coach at Memphis, who's getting a lot of head wave as of right now. And uh, Casey Keeler, who's the head coach at Sam Houston State. Uh, he's also gotten his name brought up in a lot of in a lot of circles as well. So, you know, that's yet to be seen at Virginia Tech as well. So, I mean, but we'll get we'll get to a lot of those matchups tomorrow. Uh, again, special episode tomorrow, uh, another episode tomorrow. Um, episode is called The Iron Bowl Bedlam Clean Old Fashioned Hate Rivalry Weekend Show. I know it's long, but you know, it, 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 it makes sense. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> hey, but we, we ready, man. We ready. And of course, you know. Auburn wins tomorrow. If they win tomorrow, we're going to have to really go to Tuma's Corner. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely so. Definitely so. And bring the Bama lady with us. <laughs> yeah, admin. I, I, you don't hear the, any banter. But y'all hold y'all's banter to tomorrow because I'm trying to get everybody to call in tomorrow. We're going to talk about all the, all the big rivalry games tomorrow. Um, but I want to get some predictions from you. Um, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Admin Wendy is, is, is on the prowler. <laughs> yep. And I'm going to go ahead and join her here today. How you doing, Miss Admin? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. You know, we're not going to start the banner today, but we'll do it tomorrow. So yeah, I just want to let you know. Um, I'm just gonna let you know if you come over tomorrow, so we can throw some stuff on the grill. Don't no need to put on your best dress because we won't be going to Tumor's Corner or anything, you know. <laughs> Boo! 
Boo. Boo. That's wrong. <laughs> you know I'm being my jeans and t-shirt anyway, so you know it, that doesn't matter. But don't what don't don't wear the wrong colors, man. Oh, I'm I'm always gonna wear orange and blue. I mean, orange and blue looks looks beautiful on me. Oh, does I just can't wear crimson. I I can't wear crimson. I'm sorry, I just can't do it. I can't do it. Man, crimson's the best though. It goes with everything. It goes with everything. You can wear it with black. You can wear it with gray. You can wear it with white. What you gonna do with your orange and blue? I can wear I can wear orange and blue with anything. I can wear it with white. I can wear it with black. I can wear it with purple. I mean, you know, you can make it work, huh? Oh yeah, I always make I always make orange and blue work. All right, I hear you. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll hold the rest of it off till tomorrow. See what I'm talking about, T-Rex? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> I mean, I already know Casey and Cordy are going to call in. They're going to have their little thing going on, too. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. This is going to be fun tomorrow. going to be fun tomorrow. It's going to be a blast. And, you know, all of us will be tied up in the car on the ride back home, so we'll really be on you. See, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, people don't realize in the state of Alabama, in the state of Alabama, we celebrate Thanksgiving and then Iron Bowl <laughs> immediately yeah. after. So exactly. We, we don't. We ain't worry about that Black Friday stuff. We we we, talk, we worry about some Iron Bowl. We ready for the game tomorrow. Auburn probably got about two hundred thousand people strong down there right now. Ready for the you game know, tomorrow. <laughs> And, and from what I understand, Monday the RV started rolling in. It was already 250 RVs in the RV park um, at Auburn. That was Monday. So I imagine what you have around around campus and around other parts of the, you know, other parts of Auburn. So, oh boy, fun time <laughs> to take, fun time. So, I mean. Today, I mean tonight, you know, you got the Civil War, you got the Apple Cup, Baylor, Baylor TCU. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going shopping today. I got bills to pay today, but I'm coming back and I'm gonna be watching these games because <laughs> this is rivalry. You know, how do yes. you? That's why I said rivalry week. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And everybody gets up for it, not just for the people in the state of Alabama. You had the Texas Texas game yesterday. That was a good game. Yeah. And, then, you know, we got plenty of rivalry games coming up today and tomorrow. And so we're we definitely looking forward to it as college football fans and you know, it's Definitely. a holiday weekend. It's a good, good time, you know, to get it with family, watch the games, go to the game. It's a friendly rivalry. I know some people get out of hand with it or whatever, but, you know, as for what, what we do, we just enjoy it, and we don't let it affect our day afterwards. Exactly, exactly. You know, I'm going to get some predictions from you. You know, you got, <laughs> you got 
like the early games, you got Navy Houston, which is which has New Year's Six implications written all over it. Um, you have Western Michigan Toledo, which have New Year's Six implications written all over it. Of those two games, if you had to pick a game to watch, and just to just to look at some of the talent that some of these Group of Five uh, conference teams have as opposed to the Power Five, which game would you be more willing to watch? The Navy-Houston game or the Western Michigan-Toledo game? Well, you know, after, after watching this season, you can say unofficially we have a Power Six because the American Conference has been making a lot of noise with their team, with everybody from Temple, Houston, and Navy. I would like to see Navy play Houston because Navy is pretty much Georgia Tech East or you can call Georgia Tech Davis South because right. they run the same similar style offense and they have a great quarterback. And I think Navy can pull that game out. And I would love to see a service academy to go to a New Year's Six Bowl uh, because, you know, in the modern era of college football, service academy teams hasn't been as uh, hasn't been been as good as they as, you know as they have in the past. So I would love right. to see Navy be able to get one of those spots, or maybe even get to play, you know, in one, in one of the big bowl games. And, you know, I, like I said, this this has, I mean, they're they're ahead of everybody else in the, in, the, in the group of five. You know, so they can get past they can get past Houston, and then. Navy in two weeks. This could be that that catalyst to get them into a New Year's Six. So, um, you know, there's a lot of like I said, there's a lot of football that Navy has to play. So, um, the Apple Cup, Washington State and Washington, um, Washington five and six. They've fought and clawed their way to that five and six record the entire season. They were put behind the eight ball with with the quarterback change there due to uh their starting quarterback last year having to give up football due to injury. Um, Mike Leach and his air raid offense against uh Chris Peterson and his multiple offense. Like what do you who do you like in that matchup? Well, I like Washington State. I think Mike Leach has finally got his hands around that program because you know they've been struggling for a very long time and they really haven't been relevant since uh, Coach Price was there. So I, I I would like to see Washington State to continue to grow that program and then maybe next year they might be able to compete for a Pac-12 title. Well, I would agree. I would definitely agree with you. And, you know, just the signature wins that they've had this season, you know, alone has gotten them have gotten them into into some big into some big games, big matchups. You know, the Civil War is also today. That's a three o'clock game that's a four o'clock game as well. Uh, Oregon and Oregon State. Um Vernon Adams Jr. He's finally Vernon Adams the third, finally healthy. You know, in my opinion, if he wasn't hurt and everything, this could be a one-loss Oregon team. 
I mean, would you say that they're the best three-loss team in the nation? I would think so. I'm kind of disappointed in Oregon because, you know, we get spoiled with certain teams, and we used to seeing Oregon in the top five, always competing for the national championship. But this year was pretty much a, a big letdown. Question mark was out on Vernon Adams uh, on how he was going to carry the, the football team. And and it was a letdown, but they have come on strong uh, toward the latter part of the season. And I think they would take Oregon State out, and it, this will be a continuum, a continuous uh, momentum toward the 2016 season. You can expect Oregon to be back in the top ten next year. I guarantee that. Well, I would agree. I would definitely agree. And a little bit of tidbit of information. Vernon Adams in the games that he started this year is 7-1. and one. So, you think if he was there for that full game against Utah, would that have changed the atmosphere in that game? Probably not because of the way they got beat. But would it have been closer? I mean, I, those are some of the things that you ask in hindsight, but you know, the surprise, the surprise to me is Boise State. I mean, four losses this year, three losses at home this year. The seven and four, uh, they go into San Jose State, um, hope to win and possibly get into. Um, a better bowl game. Boise State, San Jose State, what I mean I I don't know what to say about this about this game other than that. I like Boise State in this game, but you know. Yeah, Boise State they, they uh, another program you expect to see, at least in the top fifteen. It's been kinda of down year for them as well. But I think they're going to finish this the year strongest, you know, strongest well too. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take a quick session break. T-Rex, thank you for being a part of the show today. Now, oh yes, you know, check us out live by Terrence Network. Uh, check us out Tuesdays. Um, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Thursdays with DJ EA. Uh, with Turntable Thursdays, Tuesdays Live by Tennis Show, and of course, Saturday, you know, the, the tailgate crew, um, always, and always, it is always, always a pleasure to talk to you about football. You know, I know next week we we'll probably be talking a little bit, a little bit of basketball, championship weekend next weekend. Um, but before we go any further, what do you think about them Bears last night? Very proud, very proud because <laughs> the Bears have been having a lot of Packer nightmares, and it's good to see Cutler come in there and manage the game well, not turning over the ball. And we, we'll take a victory any day against Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Bears Nation, Bear Down, definitely a oh, shout-out yeah. to those guys, the Monsters of the Midway. I feel pretty good. Oh, yeah. We are even though we five and six, we still in the playoff hunt. And the way the NFC play is going, I, I think we still have a chance of making the playoffs. And yeah, I can't believe I'm about to say this about Cutler, <laughs> but Cutler has been hands down 
very good this season, and I hope he continues to to thrive in Adam Gase offense and John Fox continue to build around them, especially the, the defense. I think the defense can get a little bit stronger because, you know, that's our identity. The Bears always had a great defense and an offense yep. enough to put up some points, you know, and win some games. So I hope we get back to that blueprint of the Bears like they used to be. And I, I really see the Bears going that way. I agree. I agree 100% with you. And like I said, we're going to take a quick station break. T-Rex, thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, hopefully you'll no call in tomorrow morning. Uh, yes, sir. We'll be calling in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all have a safe, y'all have a safe trip back. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where you at anyway? I mean, since, you know, you're on location and all. <laughs> well, we on the Gulf Coast. We down here in Biloxi, Mississippi. We are having a good time down here, losing money <laughs> at the casinos, but uh, we having a, a, <laughs> we having a great Thanksgiving down down this way though. So it's it's a blessing to be here, oh, yeah. fellowshipping with everybody. So yeah, it's it's all good. But we we'll be back in the state of Alabama tomorrow for the Iron Bowl. Uh, just be looking out. We might even come out on the scene, depending on how we feel when we come back from our trip and how the game turn out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. War Eagle. <laughs> War Eagle. War Eagle, y'all. We're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back.
Welcome back into the Press Box and the Tailgate. Drew, thanks for being a part of the show. Also, a big special shout-out to my man, C-Rex, um, for calling in. And uh, my admin, Wendy. Um, and that was that, that was the Tuskegee, uh, Tuskegee Marching Band and, and the student session underneath the shed. Special shout-out to Tuskegee. Um, big win last week in the Division II playoffs. Um uh, First round, the second round this weekend at North Alabama. So if you're in Florence area and you listen to the show, get out, get out to the stadium, go watch, uh, go watch the Lions and the, and the Golden Tigers play. Roar Lions and go Tigers. Um, jumping to some high school football right now. We're gonna preview some, we're gonna preview uh, the quarterfinal games um, in. Um, in Georgia, also the semifinal games in Alabama. Um, we're going to start in Georgia. And 6A, um, this, by far, the 6A playoffs this season has been bigger than – has been the best playoffs scenario in a very long time. Um you have schools. Um, seven of the eight schools have well have been in the top ten the entire year. Uh, six of them, uh, eight of uh, well, six of them have been in in the top ten all year. Uh, the other two have been ranked at, at various points in the season um, in the top ten or top fifteen, and I mean. This is just it is so awesome to see, and I think the semifinals may be even better than than the quarterfinals when it when it comes down to that. You got Grayson and Westlake. West, I mean Grayson and Westlake tonight. Grayson has just been mauling people the entire year, undefeated. Grayson um, last weekend they put a, they put a, a they put a whooping on. Uh, Valdosta, the story program, Valdosta, uh, Coach Max Gillespie and his bunch down there down there in South Georgia. They they won fifty one fifty four to twenty one. And a Westlake team that that has put up a lot of points here in, in, in the last couple of weeks, uh, and have shown the kind of defense that they haven't seen since since Cam Newton was there. Um Grayson plays Westlake tonight. Um, Grayson is the home team in this game, and they'll be the home team. If the, uh, you know, Grayson is the home team, and and I, I just put it this way: Grayson <laughs> defensively, when they're when they're on a roll, they are on a on a a, a serious roll. Um, you know, you haven't seen that kind of dominance since the Kenditi brothers were there uh, years ago in that state championship run. Westlake hasn't been the same Westlake team since Cam Newton was there. So for these two schools to have a renaissance the way that they have in the last couple of years is just big time. Um, this is a big time matchup. Archer Archer Mill Creek is another big time matchup. This is seven this is um 
this is seven a seven reason seven versus reason eight. You know, <laughs> same county. I mean, this is this is just Gwinnett County all like it's all in one. And you know, you know, you got. I mean, <laughs> there's fourteen. There's four teams from from Gwinnett County that are left in in the playoffs in six A. You know, Arsenal Mill Creek is one of those games where whoever has the ball last will win because Mill Creek has a defense that's unlike any other. Archer has a defense unlike any other. Archer lost to Cockwood last year in in the state championship game. Um, so I mean, these two teams will play each other in in that you know these. The winners of these schools will play the winner of Cockwood and and South Forsyth. Um, this is also uh, this game we play at Mill Creek High School, Archer Mill Creek. We play at Mill Creek High School. Uh, the Grayson Westlake game uh, will be played at at at, uh, at Grayson High School. Grayson actually won the coin toss there. Um, this is this is a big time matchup. Um, Nonetheless, um, Archer and Mill Creek. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is going to be one of those games where it's going to be two trains on the track, and when they hit each other, they're going to wreck each other. That that's how that's that's how this game is going to play out. Um, you know, like I said, two best teams out of the reasons. Um, Archer Archer was was the reason was the reason runner up um this year. South Forsyth, Cockwood County. I mean, once again, Cockwood County on on that run again to be the um state champion for the set for the second consecutive year. Rush Post has got it going there. Um finally corner a quarterback um quarterback down there. Um, getting some looks from from some from some schools. Um, so I mean, South Forsyth. That game's gonna be played at South Forsyth. Uh, South Forsyth has to one point toss. Uh, there, uh, being the reason champions out of Region Six. Um, County, of course, the reason winner out of Region One. Um, best reason in best reason league uh, district in the, in in the country. Um, to me, um, for for my liking, um, and in the other in the other final game, uh, Roswell, the only the the only Cobb County representative left in this year's playoffs in, in 6A. Uh, they play Collins Hill, and Collins Hill beat Newton last week, uh, 31 to 24. Roswell put a whooping on um on uh Lowndes last weekend. The other about the other um sorry, Camden um last weekend. Um so um I love what's going what's gonna happen in in the next few weeks in um in six A. Um move down to five A. Move out to the five A brackets and it's pretty much one and the same in five A. Um, 
it's just going to be a lot of fun in 5A. Also, um, you got a lot, you got a lot of South Georgia uh, influence here, and, and one local school uh, here, Northgate of Newton. They actually uh, will go to Kale and play, um, go to Kale High School, and, and they'll play at Kale um, in that quarterfinal game. In that quarterfinal game, um, Northgate, um, their best, their best record ever at Northgate, uh, region one runner up in region in region uh four. Um region four runner up to um to uh Stockbridge and um there's those are two teams that are left and out of region out of region four. Uh Northgate uh, eleven and one this year. Um the coach there are you know Two of the coaches I, I, that coached me when I was in high school, uh, Coach Bubba Jeter, the defensive coordinator, and uh, the head coach Tommy Walburn. Um, they've got some good things going over at, over there in Northgate in, in uh, Northern Coweta County, and um, just very excited for my coaches there. Um, KO the Longhorns, of course, state ranked this year. They were state ranked this year, and did not get out. Did, did not finish the season well. Uh, finished actually finished with three losses, uh, but ended up getting the two seed. So uh, Northgate and Kale there. That's massive intrigued by this matchup. Uh, I like Northgate's chances in this game because they've got a great stout. They've got a great defense. They're very stout. They're they're very good offensively. Um, so I mean Northgate's probably probably gonna. Uh, Hopefully Northgate can can get through uh, get through that that vaunted Longhorn defense there. Glen Academy and Stockbridge, you know, is another another big time matchup again. Uh, Glen Academy went through Dalton last week and um, in a very well played game um, there in in Dalton and. Uh, actually got to watch this game on the on the NFHS network. So, um, just really excited, really excited about about this game as well. Um, a lot, of, like I said, a lot of South Georgia and 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 Eastern Georgia representatives here. Uh, Ware County and Drew again. Uh, Drew uh, beat South Paulding last year, last week, uh, fifty-four to twenty-four. And Drew is actually that's actually uh, another reason. You know, three of the three of the teams from Region Four is still still involved in in the matchup in the in the, uh, in the state playoffs. You know, so you know Region Four is just a stout reason and a uh, very stout reason. And they were actually the four seed in re- out of Region Four. So, um, and they 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 go to Ware County. So um, you know Memorial Stadium in Waycross, and Waycross is going to be rocking. Um, it's going to be a full atmosphere there. Uh, Drew's got their hands full. Um, Ware County, they're looking to get back to the play to the um, to, to the dome again. Uh, last time they were there, they got pretty much blitzed out of the building. Um, got beat up pretty bad in the state final. Um, Couple of years ago, um, and the other game 
in, in this region, Alatoona and, and Houston County. Houston County uh just a surprise out of out of region two. They actually won the region championship over north side of Warner Robins and Warner Robins High School. Um I, I'm actually just, just really excited for this matchup. The city of Warner Robins is gonna be is, is gonna just be just out of their out of their minds and and um McConnell Talbot Stadium over there across the street. Um, I'm sorry, the uh, Houston County has their own field. They'll be there uh, playing there, and wow, I'm I'm, I'm excited for that game as well. Um, you know, the quarterfinals and quarterfinals in Georgia, they're always they're always special. Um, The 4A bracket is, is probably, for me, the 4A bracket is probably the most competitive of all the brackets in Georgia. Um, you have the Dynasty in Buford. You have the budding, uh, you have the old firm, you know, in <laughs> the quote-unquote old firm in Buford. Um going for their fifth state championship, you know, eight state championship in the last 10 years, you know, eight state championship in the last nine years, you know, 10th in the last 12 years. I mean, they played Thompson and Thompson um, with my former head coach, uh, Rob Ridings um, at the helm there. Um, They'll be playing this game at the Brickyard, actually, in uh, in Thompson. As Thompson actually won that, they actually won the coin toss there. And um, well, all these games will be played tonight. Um, <clears throat> I like Buford in this matchup. Buford has great talent. You know, they, you know, the one loss that they had was a loss to to six A. Um, <clears throat> Six A McEachin, and the thing about Buford is, is next year they'll be playing in the big in uh, they'll be playing up in the highest classification in Georgia. Um, so you know it's going to be really fun to see Buford uh, in that higher classification. Uh, but they've got a stout matchup right uh, this weekend, so they can get past Thompson this weekend. <coughs> Um, that set up a, a, a matchup with um, Wilbur Academy and Marison. Wilbur Academy has um, has a great running back by the name of Elijah Holyfield, and the Holyfield name is synonymous with the kid. Yes, he is the son of Evander Holyfield. Yes, he looks just like Evander Holyfield. But this kid runs. He he's an athlete, and I think he's a better. I think I, he's a Georgia commit, four-star athlete. Um, going to play against my school. Um, man, I've said to these heights in a very in, in a while, and um, this is going to be a better. This is going to be one of the better matchups of of the week. Um, Bainbridge, um, St. Pius, uh, 
Actually, Bainbridge actually won that coin toss. So the game will be played in Bainbridge at uh, Centennial Field. Um, Bainbridge played uh, they played Superpower of Sandy Creek uh, last week, won fourteen to seven in overtime. And actually, the fun thing about this game was the lights went out, and the lights were out for about an hour. Um, and while the lights were out, uh, everything. This game was that it was a seven seven game and Bainbridge actually won this game in overtime fourteen to seven. Which sets up this game against St. Pius. Uh St. Pius won against West Lawrence thirty three to fourteen last week. And again, this is probably one of the better the better matchups. I said the probably the best eight of any class. Uh Buford been Buford and, and Woodward Academy have been one two in the state the entire year. Bainbridge has been in the top five a lot this year. Uh Jonesboro was in the was in the top five uh this year. Carsville was the top ten team. Um and those two teams will play the winner. I mean, Jonesboro Jonesboro and Cartersville, you know, again, this this is just <clears throat> it's so much fun. To look at to look at these brackets because a lot of these kids and a lot of these schools in these lower classifications they've got talent all over the field and they got talent on both sides of the ball and like I said I mean four A five A four A six A in Georgia is going to be just absolutely just craziness you know you know AAA is not going to be any different. Um, Westminster Adairsville, uh, which is going to be a good game there. Uh, Cedar Grove and Westside, that's going to be played in Clarkson. Uh, Cedar Grove is the home team in that at that game. Um, Dawson County and Blessed Trinity. Dawson County, again, region winners. Uh, region winners in region seven. Um they're in the quarterfinals for the first time ever. First time head coach, first year head coach there, um, putting it together. They, you know, they they are putting it together. They are a nine and three team against a blessed Trinity team that that's been in the top five, top ten all season long. Dawson County um, can reach heights that they've never reached before with a win tonight. With a win tonight. Over Blessed Trinity, and I um, hopefully those kids over in Dawsonville can get it going. They'll play. They'll play the winner. Those those two teams will be the winner of Elbert County and Calhoun. Calhoun again. Um, region winners in Region Six. Also, they um, <clears throat> excuse me. Also, defending state champions in AAA. Um, they'll be moving up next year to four A, but um, just just seeing what what Calhoun has put together in the last two three years, um, five years, no six years actually, you know four state uh, four state state championship games, um, all four state championship games against Buford. Um, lost to Buford three years in a row. Then they finally won one 
then they won another, and they won another. So you know, they've got they've got two state championships in the last four years in two different classes in, in in the same class, and you know, this is this is just a great Chowhoon team, and they they spun out some great players, and uh, one of those players. You know, one of those players is actually a kicker at the, at the uh, University of Alabama by the name of Adam Griffin. So, Griffith. So, um, cannot wait for last day. Cannot wait for, for the quarterfinals in Georgia. Uh, and definitely cannot wait for the quarter for the semifinals uh, here in uh, in Alabama. Uh, we'll start with one day. We are in the we are in the semifinals. Road to Tuscaloosa starts tonight. Uh, a lot of these players, a lot of these teams in the Super Seven, um, starting one A, uh, Maplesville and Linden. Um, they'll be played at Maplesville High School. Um, there, um, both of these teams are undefeated. Um, if I'm not mistaken, both of these teams are undefeated, and both of these teams uh, have been ranked the entire season. So. Um, Ashley Maple is twelve and one. Um, and that loss is coming to Tanner uh, in a region matchup. So, I mean, just 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 a big time matchup with Linden. Um, Linden comes in uh, ten and two. Um, in this matchup, and they they played last week against Brantley and won. Um, just really excited about about the one day fall in in uh, in Alabama. Really good, really good players in in, in the smaller classifications in Alabama, and, and uh, excited about that. Um, of course, so Saturday, um, McGill Tulin will play Spain Park next week. Uh, in the state championship game, um, <clears throat> McGill Tulum will play Spain Park in the state championship game in, in Tuscaloosa um, next next weekend. Uh, I mean, Spain Park put a put another shocker against uh, Hoover um, last week. Um, semifinals in <laughs> Alabama look this way. I mean, it's pretty much status quo for Spanish sport to be in the semifinals and possibly win the state championship game. Can they? Can they win their sixth state championship in eight years? Um, they play Benjamin Russell uh, tonight. Clay Saltville is Austin. Uh, tonight as well in, the, in that semifinal, Spanish Fort beat Opelika last week, twenty-one thirteen, um, ending ending Opelika's amazing season. Uh, ended up ended their season at thirteen and one. Um, <clears throat> and um, Spanish Fort just they're just status quo. South Georgia, South Alabama power uh, from the Mobile area. I'm just really excited to see the Spanish Fort Benjamin Russell game. 
see what see what's gonna happen that game. Um, see what kind of what kind of team. Uh, <clears throat> Benjamin Russell is, and what can they do? What they can they do? The unthinkable and beat Spanish Fort. Um, over in five A, got St. Paul's Episcopal uh, against Jackson. St. Paul's who um, spawned out quarterbacks uh, Jacob Coker and AJ McCarron. Um, they they're on the road to being to making it back to the state championship game. Um, and Jackson, who beat Beauregard last week, 31 to 28 um, on a last second uh, touchdown. Um, <clears throat> they'll play the winner of Alexandria and Mortimer Jordan uh, in Tuscaloosa next weekend as well. And this, this is a, in one of those games that just can be be won or lost by anybody. So, uh, really excited uh, about that one. Uh, the two A bracket uh, for me is probably the most competitive. Well, we're gonna look at three A real quick. Hillcrest and Bayside in one semifinal. Piedmont and Colbert County in another. Um, Colbert County has found out some great players as well. So is Hillcrest and and um Piedmont for that for that matter has found out some pretty good players as well. Um can't wait for uh, a lot of these state championship games I cannot wait for. Um but the one that really intrigues me though is is the is the two uh semifinals. Um Randolph County, uh, another local school, uh, they Fife, and uh, that game be played at, at Randolph County High School. Uh, this game can be won and lost by anybody. Uh, Fife has got that good of a team. Randolph County, um, of course, has has been great the entire year. Um, Long and Elba, they play tonight. They play tonight as well in the other semifinal in two A. It's just a lot of just a lot of football to be played in in the next in the next week um, in the next two weeks. Um, Texas high school football. If you if you follow the football out there, um, follow the football out there. I mean, it's just. Some of the games out there this weekend are going to be just craziness. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, and again, another, another special shout out to uh, Tuskegee Golden Tigers. Um, shout out to uh, to a friend of mine, good friend of mine, Dan Duvall. Uh Special thanks to Everybody who's listening to who's listening, um, just thank you very much for being part of the show. We're gonna do a little closing. I'm, I'm gonna take a quick session break, and I'm gonna come back and close out the show. Uh, so, uh, take a quick session break. We'll be right back. Home for the 
cuffs the looser, touching down, touchdown, holding the crystal ball, clutching crown dynasty. Well, Brian's ghost steady reminded me our defense is dominant, plus offensive line of beast, running back, safeties and cornerbacks, we on attack, roll tide, 200 interceptions, 100 sacks, elephants are super intelligent, but if ever pushed, we'll stomp war eagles and gators if they are edible. Sports and a highlight, they say are incredible, look up at the scoreboard, if they win ahead of you, roll tide. You should just pledge it too, Crump and Tide Nation. That is who we reppin' too. I'm so Alabama, I'm so Alabama, I'm so Alabama, I'm so Alabama, hey, roll tide, roll tide, roll tide, roll tide, hey, I'm so Alabama, I'm so Alabama, I'm so Alabama, I'm so Alabama, hey, roll tide. I'm a 
To the press box and the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine, and just want to give a special shout out to to all, all everybody that that's joined me over the past um the past football season. We're gonna be transitioning into into basketball and into uh, other sports uh, in, in the next couple of weeks. But we'll also be talking we'll also be talking football as well. Uh, still um, getting ready for for the recruiting season and and everything. But just want to give a special thanks to uh, my admin Wendy, uh, my man, my man T Rex, uh, DJ EA, and everybody that that's been a part of the uh, the Live by Chance Network uh, with me. So uh, special shout out to you guys. Also a special uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Um, to everybody, uh, you know this 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 is um. Joyous occasion to around family, friends, and family. Um, I had my mom. I had my grandmother here. Um, she's here from from Arkansas. Um, she'll be here for the next couple for the next couple of weeks. Uh, so very thankful and very uh, humbled to to have her around um, for a couple of days for a couple of weeks. Uh, special thanks to. Um, to my mom and dad, uh, I said just to everybody who, who's been a part of of this and helped me support my dream. Young Johnny, Torrance Rudd, um, T Rex, DJ Casey Cordier, um, all the kids, Valencia, TJ, Deontay, Tayden Cameron, um, my nephews Justin, Jamil, Michael. Um, my mom, my dad, and uh, so with that being said, you know tomorrow's gonna be a big time show. Uh, nothing but rivalry stuff tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna talk a lot of Auburn, a lot of Auburn, Alabama. Talk a lot of Notre Dame, Stanford. Um, for the first time in a while. Have my man um, Scott Smith online with us, and we're gonna give you a few uh, recruits of the week tomorrow for tomorrow's show, and uh, hopefully you guys can continue in again. Once again, thanks for being a part of the show. Uh, hope to hear from you guys tomorrow, big time tomorrow. Uh, so y'all get ready for <laughs> for uh, Iron Bowl, Bedlam, old fashioned hate. Um, Rivalry, rivalry week show. So, every weekend show. That's what we're calling the tailgate show tomorrow. Tailgate crew show tomorrow. So, um, on behalf of everybody, thanks for being a part of the show. Um, 
And let's go tailgating. Corey Grant, I bet he taking off. Trey Mason might just come straight out. 